the newest member of the Grand Ole Opry, and the, I believe the longest person to have to wait for her official induction today on the Music Universe podcast. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Well, we both asked it at the same time. We're doing pretty good. Where did yeah. we just get back from, and where did you just get back from? Uh, well, we just got back from Vegas uh, last week as well as, uh, mm -hmm. you know, four days after I went to Vegas, I ended up leaving to Missouri to see family. So I'm back from that. And, uh, you know, I'm tired. A lot of traveling. I never travel, but I'm traveling so much, it seems, because another Vegas trip is just on the horizon for the Big Garth Show. Yes, yes, it is. You know, this trip that we were just in Vegas for was actually my ninth trip to Las Vegas, uh, putting me over the hump uh, for what I thought was going to be a really cool number. Because when we go last year, when Garth was supposed to happen before everything hit, it was going to be my eighth trip to Vegas and my 10th full band Garth concert. And that adds wow. up to 18. And for those yeah. of you who know Gunslinger, that's an important number for Garth, 18, which is not a multiple of seven, but I digress. Today is about the newest member of the Grand Ole Opry, Rhonda Vincent. I'm so excited. I was traveling back from Vegas and you got to talk to her. How did it go? Oh, it, she's sweet as always. This time we did Zoom. I know last year when we interviewed her, everybody was on lockdown. Zoom was not quite introduced as much as it is now. So that was via phone. But uh, during uh, the lockdown, she had a chance to uh, record music is what I see now. I say she had a chance to record it because she actually started uh, in 2019. So it's quite a lengthy process for this album to get released. And, uh, you know, she tells a story about uh, songs that she went back and revisited you know, really, really sweet and uh, some really neat stories. My favorite story, though, is um, about the Grand Ole Opry flood. And mm. it actually, you know, is a bittersweet moment uh, because everybody knows 12 years ago now that that flood just destroyed Nashville and a lot of music history. But she tells a really chilling, and I'm getting them now talking about it, story about uh, something that surrounds her with that. Well, let's listen to it. Here's Rhonda Vincent. Rhonda Vincent, welcome once again to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very exciting. New music and uh, great to be here. Well, we appreciate you joining us once again. This time, you're actually officially a Grand Ole Opry member. I know last time it got delayed. We <laughs> chatted with you after you were uh, invited, but uh, with everything going on, obviously we couldn't uh, see your induction. So congrats on that. What does that feel like to now be an official member? Well, I, sometimes it doesn't, you just, it's such a lifelong dream. It's hard to really wrap your head around and say, am I really a member? It's that fear, you know, it's like, maybe it's not mm -hmm. true. But then uh, luckily I have the statue. I can go downstairs and look and it's like, it is true. I'm just so I'm just so thankful. And you know, I've been doing the Opry quite a bit, um, quite often, almost every other week. So I'm waiting for the time I can walk into the Opry and perform on there. And just it's so weird to hear them say, and please welcome Grand Ole Opry star Rhonda Vincent. It's like, that's me. That's me. So uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting to really fully grasp. So it's like, yes, I'm a Grand Ole Opry member. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's well-deserved. We're glad to see you're finally a member and you're representing Bluegrass extremely well. Thank you. So the new album, as you mentioned, is uh, Music is What I See. And uh, that was actually delayed by the pandemic, right? Two years in the making because we had started it before. And then this long gap being at home and and not really working on it. And then and then not... Then there was the unknown. It's like, okay, I'm not working on it because I don't, you know, first of all, I'm not in Nashville. I live in Missouri. And so we were, we were quarantined, but then it's like, okay, when would we release this? Because the plan was that my induction, which was not until 343 days later, I think something like that. Um, and then we, then it still wasn't finished because of the unknowns, I guess. But uh, right. so glad two years in the making. And I, you know, it's, it's been really fun that, having that much time to to work on it you can really perfect a lot of things things that maybe i'd never spent that much time on an album uh the song unchained melody which i think is the very first bluegrass version of recorded version of that song um i spent 12 hours just singing that wow. so it was such it's such a challenging song yeah. But I'm so I'm so thrilled now that I got to, you know, it, it gave us kind of a it was kind of a luxury to be able to spend this much time on on a project. So I'm so I'm so proud of this project. It showcases my band, The Rage. Um, I purposely wanted to do some hard drive and bluegrass. It has the weaves in, uh, you know, the Grand Ole Opry thread. Jeannie Seeley, who wrote the new song, her and Aaron Enderlin and Bobby Tomberlin, Like I Could. And then we have um, Porter Wagner. It starts off with Porter Wagner's song that he wrote in 1972. And I think it's perfect for these day, this day and time. It says, what ain't to be just might happen. And then there's a Webb Pierce song also. So there's a there's new and there's old classics, um, but just uh, all weaving it together, gospel songs and hopefully something for everyone. Wow, it's, it's definitely amazing of all the, just the influences that you have. And then now that you're influencing a new crop of musicians, but did you record since you were on lockdown, did you go back in and decide, you know what, I'm going to do this and do it while we were uh, isolated? And how was that a challenge if you did? Well, we had started it, you know, the year before. However, you know, the bulk of it was done um, in May of 2020. Mm. And we had the band and I, we hadn't been together for what, two months or so. And my fiddle player, he told me this afterwards, but he said, when, when I called and I said, hey, I want to record, he, he said in his mind, he thought, this is the worst idea that you have ever had because we hadn't been playing. You know, there's a fluidness that you have when you're on a roll and you've been playing. And so he right. thought it was just a terrible idea. But instead, we get together. Everyone was so rejuvenated by getting to see each other and getting to play again that, I mean, it, I think that's something else that that's something else that we captured on this that we could not have gotten any other way. It's because we hadn't seen each other and they were, they were just so excited to play. That energy, I think, comes through on this project. Yeah. Now, was it a, uh, most people may not understand this, but was it a live record, so to speak? You guys track everything or do it live? Uh, I mean, we, we tracked it live. I mean, there's, there were overdubs though. I, I then took mm -hmm. it to my place and, and, uh, cause I have a, a set, just a single setup for a mm -hmm. single person to record. So yeah, we basically tracked it, tracked for two days, uh, with the band and, and we had tracked previously. So taking all of that and then took it to my house. And, and that also, also gave us a, uh, a 
a lot of studios weren't open. So it's nice that I had a place like that to be able to go to and, and to finish the recording. Yeah, I know uh, people have been eager to uh, hear new music from everybody. I know a lot has been recorded during that time. Um, are we going to possibly see you on the road maybe later this year? We, if we get to July 1st without any cancellations, which we haven't had any for a while now, we've been, in fact, 2022, we're already looking towards 2023. And wow. I love that, that that's already ramping up. If we get to July 1st, uh, we'll be on a normal, we'll be back to a normal schedule. So rondavincent.com and you can find out where we're going to be like the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, July the 8th, the Springer Mountain Farms, Bluegrass Nights at the Ryman. Um, we're at the Missouri State Fair in the Grandstand, Bluegrass in the Grandstand of the Missouri State Fair, August 19th, Bluegrass Island, where we mix bluegrass and bikinis or speedos, whatever your choice is. <laughs> So no, we're, we're back on the road and soon to be full-time. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I know when we spoke about a year ago now, you were just moving into your new Lake of the Ozarks home. I am a Missouri boy. I'm from Southeast Missouri, oh. uh, near like Farmington. So about three and a half hours from you, uh, born and raised in that area. So um, why, why Lake of the Ozarks? Why Missouri for you? Oh, because that's my husband's favorite fishing place. He, his family grew up going to the Lake of the Ozarks every weekend. They had a cabin on the, the, the lake. And so he, before he would just go down for, for fishing trips and he said, we will never own a place on the Lake of the Ozarks because we'll spend all our time working on that place and we wouldn't be able to fish. And then one day he, he says, I want to get a place at the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, you said you didn't want, we would never own a place there. And now you want to go there to, to, uh, and, but anyway, we have absolutely loved it. It was a perfect place to be uh, during all this quarantine because Missouri wasn't really ever locked down. We had, we had no restrictions and uh, we were on the lake, we were fishing, we were, you know, it was, it was basically day to day. The only difference is we, we've been married 37 years. We had never wow. spent this much of continuous time together. Does that kind of uh, get worrisome? <laughs> well, it was fun at first. We we're all snuggled up and I'm baking and we're fishing and we're doing Facebook lives and just have, oh, it was so fun. And then, you know, the more than it was, um, I think this is the way for everyone. So my brother's in Chicago mm -hmm. and they would, they were started theme nights every night. Like it's Hawaiian oh. night. They dressed up and they fixed Hawaiian food. And the next <laughs> time, oh, we're going to have Mexican food. And we all dress up in sombreros. This went on for a week. And then all of a sudden it's like, so I got to expect, it's like, what's the theme night tonight? And after a while, I think for everyone, it's like, okay, enough already. <laughs> right. My brother asked his wife, he said, have you just given up on parenting? It's like their kids were staying up till four and five o'clock in the morning and, oh. and just, you know, all chaos. <laughs> Had no, no, uh, no parenting was going on, he said. Well, yeah, I, I've got a now 11 year old and she was always trying to push staying up. It's like, no, you've got to, you know, you still have class. It's virtual, but you still have class. You got to follow. But um was right. uh was for you then was the you know not to reflect too much on on a bad year but was 2020 kind of a reflective year for you i know many artists it has become that and many are just ready to move on now you know what i didn't i, I never really worried about it it's like it is what it is and i think i looked at it more of a what can i do 
I mean, I can, what, what is it that I can get done? Uh, hopefully we're going to get back to the normal schedule. So what can I do? I started doing webinars. I, I wasn't familiar with even what a webinar was, mm. a Zoom, you know, a Zoom webinar. And so my daughter said, you could do that. So I did a mandolin lesson. I did several of those. I did fiddle, guitar. Uh, one night I just did a jam and they joined me on, and we just jammed on Zoom. So I just tried wow. to be creative and think of, and even before our, sh our shows are ramping up, I, with the album being finished, I started doing listening parties. Now that was in person, but you know the the um, with the restrictions, the crowd could only could be smaller, so mm -hmm. it was perfect. And I think I just, I, you know, had faith in God that you know God's going to see us through this. He has a plan. So what it, this is what we're going to do for now. So what do we, how, what do we do? You know, and at one point, my you know my husband, because at first he said, ah, this won't last but a month, and then he says, oh, it'll just be a couple months, and then he's like, uh. Okay, wait a minute. He said, if this continues, you know, we might have to restructure our lives. And, and luckily, we did not have to do that. But just getting creative and doing different things. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the theme nights were fun. But like you said, would eventually get old because then you're always yeah. prepping something new and have to figure out, well, okay, how do we beat last night? Or I know, wouldn't that be something? I don't think I could take that. For, I'm not good at that anyway. But see, that's my sister-in-law that's her degree is like party and entertainment so mm -hmm. she was perfect for that but even that's she worn out after she wore out after a while oh i'm i'm sure because it, it can be <laughs> exhausting um so you mentioned that you're playing like the opry almost every other weekend how um how does it feel to just be able to play it like regularly almost like a residency it well you know my well my doctor she called me and she said that she said, I see a confidence in you that I have never seen before. And I said, if, if the Opry membership didn't bring anything, it brought this, I guess it's just always trying to get this, achieve this dream or you want that. And it's like, it's a worry you don't have to, you don't have to worry about anymore. I'm an Opry member. This is awesome. This is my lifelong dream. And it's just a, it's like, wow, they do like what I do. So it's really gives you, a, gives me, a, I think, a renewed or this new confidence in what we do and, and walking into the Opry. And, and I, you know, something that I realized, I think just last uh, Saturday, we were there uh, Friday and Saturday with my band for the first time in, in over a year um, mm -hmm. to realize that we bring every person at the Opry brings a different style of music, mm -hmm. you know, and and realizing that you're you are an integral part of of this entire of this entire show and that you bring something unique yeah matt and i actually met uh back in november we uh went to nashville we did tour the grand Ole opry um and i had been there before because I, I lived in nashville for a couple of years um and it's just so surreal to walk through those doors even though you're on this tour you get to see everybody's name we know your nameplate we saw like your empty nameplate we were just waiting oh. for that announcement <laughs> so it was yes. like really neat to be like oh we just chatted with her a few months ago and here you know anytime Aww. now she'll she'll be inducted so it was really neat to you know go in there and of course they they see every all that and then you get to see the dressing rooms but what was even more chilling and i'm getting them talking about it was the flood line oh because I, I was there uh, uh, from 06 to 08, so I just missed the flood. But just it was heartbreaking seeing that, you know, uh, 12 years ago now to, 
to see how Nashville is just so flooded when you kind of consider it your adopted hometown in a way because you, you know, you love it so much. So did that, um, you know, were you affected by that at all at that time? I mean, I know everybody was, but as far as like being, uh, being playing there regularly and that kind of being a home to you? Well, there was a, I was sponsored by Martha White at the time. I was sponsored by them for 15 years and just recently partnered with them again. And they had a Martha White display in the, in the front lobby that had one of my, a gold sparkly mandolin. Mm. And when the flood came, I assumed that I didn't, no one ever, we didn't know where it had gone. It was all that stuff was probably thrown away. A year later, uh, I was doing a commercial for Martha White and they said, there's a visitor that would like to come see you. And Steve Gibson came in and he said, I would like to return something to you. And he rescued oh. my mandolin and many others. Cheryl White had a bass and a locker. He started breaking open lockers because that's people would leave their instruments in these lockers. Right. And though it, it, my, I think my mandolin was floating in this water. In fact, it has barnacle on there. They were going to get it refinished and decided just to leave it. They, they basically dried it out and left it. And I said, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you did not touch that. There's barnacle on that from the flood. And it's like, that will forever stay like that as a, as a reminder of the, of the flood and in honor of the Opry. So I had a very, very wow. personal item that was in there that was real like surprisingly recovered that's an amazing story because you wouldn't think something made of wood like that would last through something especially a year later did it just take them that long to to rescue or not rescue but take that long to dry everything out and return it i i think they gathered everything and then i think just getting through everything and 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 find figuring out who the owners were because see my name would not have been on there I'm, I'm sure they had to go back and research okay we have this whose is this I mean I mean I, I assume so but it was a year I, I'm thinking he probably gathered everything not knowing whose was what and then when they finally the, they got everything settled down got everything dried out and you know it was probably a process that they did yeah and I bet to you you probably just you know, like you said, you thought it was lost and never thought anything else of it, right? I had no idea. I mean, after a year, I'd completely forgotten about it. I thought it's, it was obviously destroyed. I mean, so mm -hmm. many people lost every, you know, every piece of their gear. There were, there were trailers, there were 18 wheelers full of gear, Brad Paisley, Keith Urban, there were vintage guitars and all of these, and they were simply lost. You know, that was mm -hmm. right by the river where that was the, the storage place. So it was by the, by the river, those literally floated away, who knows where. Wow, that's such so a I, I mean, story. for that to be recovered is pretty, very remarkable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where's that, uh, where's that mandolin reside right now? It's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Where it'll forever stay, I bet. You know, I have toyed with the thought of, of uh, donating it to the Bluegrass Museum. I may at some point, it, it either needs to go to the Opry, maybe it needs to go to the Grand Ole Opry archives. There you go. I, I, I am... I gave him the dress that I wore. I only wore it on the Opry induction. It was made by a, a New York designer, Constance McArdle. So she mm -hmm. made me this special dress. And then it was it was the debate on do you, because I loved it and it was so beautiful, do I wear it the rest of the year? And then my daughter said, no, that is a special dress. So it was it was donated to the to the Opry. So they have the dress, like maybe, maybe that mandolin needs to go there too. 
No, that that's something to see for sure. Well, hopefully I'll get back to Nashville at some point and that'll that'll be there for everybody to to see because that's just history right there on, on both yes. accounts. Well, know. let me know when you get here. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know Matt's always up to traveling. He's in DC and he kind of between him and my daughter pulled my leg to hop on a plane two weeks into or at the end of November, like, hey, give me a two week notice. So I'm not going to say never because I've said never and it yeah. <laughs> works out the opposite. <laughs> right. My well, great, my great grandmother said, never say never. That's. Um, I'm totally learning that, especially with the kids and, and yep. Matt. Who, <laughs> <laughs> so what's um, before we wrap up, what uh, most are you looking forward to when you get back on the road? Have a new musician, a new guitar player, Zach Arnold. And he just the few shows we've done with him. Uh, he's a young guy. He's only 20. Uh, so wow. we have is having a new person that is so young and he is so ultra talented. He has an amazing voice and he has brought a new dimension to our vocals. And I am so excited to get on on the road consistently. You know, it's really like we do one show and another one there. You can't really get a rhythm into to what we're doing. And it's hard to learn songs if you just play sing them one night and you don't sing them again over and over. So mm -hmm. I am very excited about this group, even though they're they're so awesome anyway, but really getting that experience and, and that playing time together to really solidify um, their talent. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Just performing. I mean, it's exciting to have this new music coming out. And and now my goal for myself, I had one, there's a song called I Ain't Been Nowhere, the, the quarantine song that's on this album. And my goal was to learn the words to that song. There's 392 words. And I thought I will wow. never, ever be able to memorize this. Just recently, I sang it on the Grand Ole Opry and I remembered I was able to memorize it and sing every word. My next goal is to memorize, to be able to, I think I know most of the words, but Unchained Melody is so challenging that I, I need to really, um, I need to sing it several times to get the breathing pattern. Because mm -hmm. they're, you have long notes. It's just so challenging in the in the breathing pattern. So I'm anxious to to learn that and be able to stand on the Opry stage and sing Unchained Melody. That's my next personal goal, anyway. Well, I'm sure you'll achieve that. Now, on the quarantine song, is that something you wrote? Chuck Mead wrote that. He took the song "I've Been Everywhere" and uh -huh. uh, and rewrote that. So I, I I heard him do it, and I said I have got to do a bluegrass version of this. When you are on the road, how many shows typically do you play a year? We usually do 140, which equates to like 180 days or, or 200 and some days on the road. So we're usually on the road a lot. You know, depends yeah. on how they're routed. But um, well, I, I'm thinking we might have 100 this year. I'll have to, I haven't really counted them up, but right. I do know next year is 2022 is really ramped up already. We just spoke to Job for eight. Uh, for October of 2022 and we haven't even got to October here yet wow that's amazing <laughs> but it's got to feel great that you know that uh, it's it's back we'll just say it's back yes oh yeah 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 I, I like knowing we already have you know our our bookings for for the next year yeah that's got to be peace of mind for sure yeah absolutely yeah. well Rhonda is there anything else that you would like to add um, I just invite you to go to rondavincent.com and, and check out the, there are tour schedules there, a message board. You can send us a message and there's something you can only get at rondavincent.com or at our shows. Uh, some people don't have a CD in their car 
And so I, we got, uh, and they said, get USB drive. And so I have a replica of my mandolin. It's a little mandolin USB drive and it's so cute. Oh, cool. So uh, check that out. Check that out. Awesome. Yeah, that's, it's amazing what you can do with technology these days. I know. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you so much. Hearing that she received that uh, mandolin back and they were going to, I guess, um, fix it up and, you know, make it pretty again. And then she just was like, I'm glad you didn't. It, it is part of history now, again, mm -hmm. is the way you can look at it because she just, she couldn't believe it. I can't even believe, you know, something is lost for a year and then it's suddenly returned to you out of sight out of mind type thing and it there's a lot of history so it'd be really neat to head back to the opry someday and hopefully see that on display like she may end up uh allowing i love that you know queen of bluegrass newest member of the grand Ole opry new music lots of things are happening for her and i think we're going to see that as time goes on the people who took advantage of the pandemic to record and be creative and just uh, no pun intended, isolate themselves mm -hmm. and work on their art uh, like she did. It, I think we're going to see really big results from it. And I'm so happy, not only that she got to be inducted, but that she got to be inducted with a full crowd at the Opry House. And kudos to the Opry for not saying, no, we got to push this through because it's part of our PR as part of the pandemic that even though we don't have a crowd, we're still appointing new members. We're still inducting them. Uh, no, she deserved, as every Opry member does, the full court press of what an Opry induction looks like. And I've been following it on Instagram and on their Facebook and on their Twitter, and she just couldn't have been happier, it looks like. So uh, yeah. all good things for Rhonda. Well, I mean, plus she said she's been playing there like every other week. Oh, so wow. um, it's almost like she's a resident artist there too. And so it, like I told her, it's well-deserved super happy for her. she's a missouri girl too and uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing her uh on the road uh because as she said she's already got you know some dates booked for this year but 2022 is really already beefed up quite a bit love it all right for the music universe podcast i'm matt and um buddy thanks for listening or watching keep uh, checking us out at themusicuniverse.com and subscribe at tmupod.com and uh, check us out on socials take care Thank <laughs> you.